This is Black Girls in Bloom podcast. This is a safe space for us to express our unbiased thoughts, experiences, and understandings of our journey. Our hope is that at the very least you're entertained. We really want this space to bring you comfort, allow you to relate, and bloom with us. So settle in and let's get started, babe. Hey, babe. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. You are most welcome. Uh, it's funny that I'm asking we're in May, and May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Right. So how are you mentally? Mentally, I'm doing Okay. I would say I'm doing okay. I feel like I've seen better days as far as like mental health is concerned, but um, could be better, but definitely okay. That's good. Uh, anything new and exciting happening? Uh, new, yes. Exciting, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, kind of exciting. I'm car shopping right now. My current car is in the shop, but uh, we were a one car house. I have been like working from home for like three, four years now, so we didn't see the need to have two separate cars. But now we. <laughs> so I am uh, shopping, car shopping for another car right now, and yeah, I guess that's new and exciting. Okay. Are you going for more like a um, an SUV or a car, like a compact car, a sedan? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I think initially we were gonna look for a seven seater, but I think we're just gonna have two two cars, and we're not necessarily limiting us to a sedan. We're definitely looking at like SUVs as well. But um, yeah. Okay, let's see. So today, guys, we do have a guest, um, and we're really, really excited about it. This will be our first guest that isn't um, a friend or a family member of, you know. Someone that we know. I've never had anybody on here, or have a, I haven't. You have had our friend group. Don't, don't. Okay, okay. Yeah, and Craig, like, don't do that. <laughs> Sorry, I love y'all. I forgot. Don't talk shit. I forgot. <laughs> but with that said, this is our first, like, outside guest that we have no previous history with. We're excited. Um, this guest has a lot of credentials with her, so that's exciting as well. And, you know, I'm just excited to get a different perspective and have somebody on. Um, and have somebody on um, some experience, some different life experience than what me and Chris currently have. Agreed. And she's a black woman. I just had to say it. It wasn't right if I, I did. I thought that was like self-explanatory. This is the Black Girls in Bloom <laughs> pot. Hey. No shade, no shade to the other, you know, women in the world, but this is an exclusive club. <laughs> Just okay. Uh, let's see. Sorry, guys, we're waiting for our special guest to join. This is like, hello, hi. hi. How are you guys? <laughs> We're good. Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm sorry for the difficult situations with this phone. <laughs> oh, okay. It happens. It happens. <laughs> One time we recorded a whole episode and we still don't know what happened. The sound and everything was just... <laughs> it's in... <laughs> but it is okay. Uh, it's funny because we were just uh, telling our listeners that you know we were so excited to have you on so if you wanted to go ahead and introduce yourself and you know just tell them a little bit about yourself 
Yes. Um, my name is Sharita Colvin. I go by Sharita Monique. Um, actually, um, an author, a published author, um, a motivational speaker, which I love doing. It's something I just started doing and I felt that was my passion. And I am also uh, working a nine to five. So I'm all around, all around. I'm a parent of three beautiful kids from 19 to six. I start all over again. I know <laughs> what y'all thinking. 19 to six. <laughs> so yeah, that's just a little bit about me. Okay. And uh, right. That is really great. Just really quickly, you mentioned that you're a published author. Yes, uh, do you have like a specific genre that you write about? Or um, my first book, um, one of many. Um, I am going to do a part two to this book. My first book is entitled "The Emerging Lotus," and in "The Emerging Lotus," I speak about past issues, insecurities that hold us bondage, hold us hostage. Um, I talk about judgment that comes from being a teen mom because I was a teen. I became a teen mom and a single parent until I got married. And I then goes to talk about the pain and guilt of divorce and abuse, domestic and verbal abuse. Um, I talk about putting yourself last, negative self-talk. I pretty much try and cover everything that goes on in the black community that's swept under the rug a lot of times. To make things look good on social media. Oh, that's wow. perfect because that really sounds- ties into tonight's episode. Yeah, and it sounds powerful. I'm definitely tell us where we can find this. You can find it on Amazon. It's also a Kindle copy, and also online at Barnes and Nobles. Oh, you nationwide at Barnes and Noble. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes man. I'm trying to be international. I'm going to manifest that. It. It's going to go like, I'm, this is my passion. Like, I want to take this book and reach as many people as I can. Because you never know who's going through something or who's then lived the life and can almost be about to leave this world, taking this with them to that grave and never spoke on it. Somebody got to have a voice. Yeah, I agree. That's beautiful. Yeah, And I feel like it brings us right into tonight's topic, like Chris was saying earlier. If um, you want to go ahead and introduce the topic. Tonight. Oh, okay. So, you know, as we've mentioned earlier, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And we just wanted to, you know, of course, speak about mental health amongst Black women and how it looks and how it shows up in Black women versus, uh, you know, how it may look and show up in other um, races and nationalities of women. So, um, so <laughs> um, our first question is basically like, what does mental health mean to you as a black woman, as a woman who seems like you've been through quite a bit, what does it look like? What does it mean to you? How's it shown up in your life? Um, mental health to me is very, very important. And I didn't realize how important it was until maybe seven years ago <laughs> to be honest if I'm gonna be honest and accountable you know I'm gonna be honest and accountable it seven years ago I realized how important it was because I realized then that I had issues that hadn't been that had never been dealt with and I didn't have a clue on how to deal with them neither was I taught how to deal with it so my take on how I feel about it is important it comes next after God to me Yeah, I, I love. I agree, and I love. Um, and just to give, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Chris. Go. <laughs> I, no, just before we get like deeper into the conversation, I did want to give the listeners it's like the Google textbook definition of what mental health is. Uh, mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. Um, it affects how we think, feel, and act. So, if you don't think it's important. There's the Google definition. Yes. So that way they can have it. But uh, babe, do you feel like like mental health? Well, what does mental health mean to you? 
Um, mental health to me, being able to sort through my feelings, um, and being able to kind of figure out why I'm feeling this way and like categorize so I can learn how to fix it or at least address the way I'm feeling. And I feel like it's very important. Um, I don't feel like it's very prevalent in, in the era that we grew up in. Like, I don't feel like my parents really talk mental health and it's something that I had to discover like on my own once I become once I became married once I like had kids it's just something that I had to kind of figure out and focus like why am I feeling like this not thinking I'm just moody you know just really like understanding like oh my mental is being affected and these are the factors and this is how I can change it so it's very important to me I feel like um it's just it's something I wish that I knew about sooner so I could have had better coping skills and navigation skills. What about you, Chris? Uh, Well, really quickly, just to piggyback, I love that you said recognizing that you're just not being moody because I think that oftentimes, especially with Black women, when we, you know, we have a lot of things on our mind or we're going through something, that can be portrayed as you always got an attitude. Like, damn, you unhappy again today? And people not even really recognizing that maybe she's just not in a good mental space, you know? So I like that. As far as for me, it was recognizing my feelings. I've always been a person that just kind of pushes things to the back of my mind. But now I'm coming to, well, for the past couple of years, I've been able to recognize when I'm not okay. And being okay with not being okay. Uh, As far as like, Real mental health, really unpacking uh, a lot of childhood traumas and also recognizing that, yes, things were really good as a child, but there were things, there were still some things that, um, you know, like I have to heal from today and, and it shows up in my adult life. So, you know, really just kind of connecting the two. So childhood to adulthood. Uh, Yeah. And I think it's really important Uh, as far as like my family. Yeah. We didn't talk about anything. If something happened, we would have like an argument about it and then. We just wouldn't talk to each other for a couple of weeks and then everything will go back to normal. Well, quotations, normal. So yeah, we didn't we didn't discuss mental health at all. But I think that like in the past few years, we're making strides, especially as as just the black community, not just black women, but we're making strides where we're being more verbal and saying, Hey, I'm not okay with that. Or you know what? This bothered me as a child, or today is just it's not a good mental, you know, it's not a good mental health day. So I think that we're we're on the right path to correcting a lot of different things. Uh, so I think that that's a good thing too. Agreed. So do y'all believe in therapy? Um, I definitely am an advocate for therapy. I feel like I've been to therapy. Uh, um, wants to have, um, to heal a broken relationship that I had and then another time to cope with one of my pregnancies. So mm-hmm. um, I definitely believe in it. Um, I definitely feel like as a culture or as a community, we should all um, I, because I feel like excuse me it's had such a negative it has a negative basically people think if you go to therapy that you have issues or that you need some sort of special help but it's really in allowing us to have coping skills um to deal with everyday um life like uh, our parents can't teach us. There's things that life experience can't teach us, and that's why people have these specialized fields to be able to teach us. So mm-hmm. I definitely believe in therapy. I'm definitely an advocate for therapy, and you know, I don't even think that you have to feel like you have a huge or feel like that you're suffering mentally to even attend therapy. I feel like you could just be looking address different situations and there's a good place to, to kind of get that mm-hmm. no I agree 100% uh, I've been I've been to therapy a few times 
but I will admit, I always stop going when it gets like really deep. <laughs> I know that's not healthy, but I always <laughs> stop going when it gets like really, really deep. And it's time to unpack some things and correct a lot of my, you know, we love toxic, a lot of my toxic behaviors. Uh, but I, I do believe that therapy is important. And I think, again, just as Black women, well, Black people, period, but I'm a Black woman, so we can speak for us. But I think we've just been conditioned to, girl, you don't have no problems, or the problems you got, just call your friends, or, you know, tell your mama. And yeah, that's great. That, that's a good thing. Those are great outlets. But at the end of the day, I feel like going to therapy, it helps you, it helps you not only just discuss the problem, but come up with healthy solutions on fixing the issues that you have. And I think often, well, not oftentimes, sometimes your, you know, your mom or your parents or your friends, they can't really give you that. They can be like, girl, that's crazy. But it's like, they can't, <laughs> they can't give you like a healthy solution where you're really fixing the issue. Right. So I definitely, you know, I believe in therapy. I think everyone should go, like you said, just to check it out. Um, and yeah, and you don't even have to go when you're just feeling super sad or super down. It's just to, you know, unpack a few things, even yeah. when you have like those highs or whatever. Yeah, I agree too. So have you ever been to see a therapist? I have. Me, you're asking me, right? Yes. <laughs> My turn. Okay. Yes, I have. Um, I had to go. And uh, I'm going to try and make this long story right here sh really short because I missed that first question too. Um, mental health for me is very important and going time hand in hand with therapy. Like I had a lot of childhood trauma that I didn't deal with until I became an adult and I was already a mom. I didn't have a manual on how to help this human because I needed help myself and my mom had me on, so it was just a generational thing. Kept going, kept going. And uh, I realized um, after going through so much stuff in my life how important therapy was. And, and just being honest, I learned that, like I said, six or seven years ago. And it helped me. Like, I laid stuff down on the table that I think that my therapist needed therapy after I left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that's how important it is like you you can honestly honestly say this like miles monroe said something that that stuck out to me if you have lived 30 years in, of your life everybody have a book they have a story in them so you just think about if you didn't went through so much stuff throughout your whole life and you kept it buried in and you have not dealt with that emotionally mentally or physically and then you let it out one time on one person who's not trained to do just that that's a lot. <laughs> so it's important to deal with stuff as it come up. Because if you don't, it just, it, it calls for a big, big problem, a big mess. So when I learned that after my divorce, I started to get it for my children because my children need it as well. A lot of times kids don't know how to ask for the help that they need. And that's something I dealt with growing up. And I know my kids was going to need that. So we do we we take we we do family therapy in my household we do. And I I love that. I think that's beautiful. I think that so I'm a their parent very early on in life. My dad passed away when I was nine. And I've pretty much blocked out a good chunk of my childhood. I didn't even recognize like the grief as trauma until maybe like 3 years ago when I uh, rekindled my relationship like your childhood was traumatic you lost your dad this is that and I'm like hmm maybe I should have maybe my mom should have put me in some sort of like therapy so I could have you know yeah. figured out how yeah. to handle it and I kind of feel like we kind of bear not buried it but it wasn't addressed in mm -hmm. the manner it should have been so I love the fact that you and your children are in therapy um quite honestly I just me and my husband just um almost a year now getting custody of his oldest daughter and you know we've been looking into getting her therapy due to the things that she's experienced as well and you can just see that she has like anger in her heart and we want to make sure that she has the right coping skills and doesn't take that into adulthood so yeah that's definitely the path I'm going
it's so many different types of therapy. And I want to be honest, like I started out, I, I went to the water. I would go by the water and write. I would write so much every day. I didn't go every day. I went every other day that I had four or five books completed within a week's time. And I would feel like I just been relieved, like, like it was a, a whole body laxative mentally. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt. And once I did that, I was like, you know what? I went around to write a book for a very long time. I'm going to just take everything I've been through and not t- try and make it be like I'm a victim. I'm a victor and take this and help someone else. So that that was therapy for me before I actually sat in someone's chair or on that couch. Yes. And you know what? I love that. The fact that you were able to turn around your story, you know, and like look at it from another point of view, mm-hmm. because I think like oftentimes we get so fixated on this happened to me. And mm-hmm. although, you know, like your feelings are very valid, you're right. That shit happened to you. But if you don't address it and if you don't unpack it, you're you're always going to be in that moment. I was telling my sister this um, a few couple of weeks ago. Our mom passed for on three years next month. And um, she was just saying how she still feels like, you know, it's June 17th, 2020. We just got the call. And, you know, and I was just telling her, like, if you don't unpack that, you're always going to be in that moment. Every, every, it don't matter what day of the week it is, what year it is, you're always going to be in that moment where you, you just heard the news that mama is, you know, passed. Yeah. So it's just like, like I said, yeah, you, you know, of course, be honest with yourself, your feelings are valid, but at some point, if you want to progress in life and if you want to just be a better version of yourself, you have to learn how to not necessarily move past things, but you have to learn how to work through things so you can come out on the other side and be like, that happened, but that's okay. You know, it led me here. This is where I'm at. And I'm, you know, I'm still standing. I'm good. So I, I think that's a beautiful thing that you're not just allowing yourself to be the victim. You know, you're the superhero on your own story. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So do you ladies feel like there, well, why, well, why do you ladies feel like, like, Therapy is such a, a, a big stigma in our community. I feel like um, in our community, it's such a, a issue to people because they automatically think that depression or anxiety or, you know, you, you have bad nerves, social anxiety, anything that's dealing with that. They think that you're automatically considered crazy. Even when you have to take medication, they got it out there for you, baby, go get it. They think a lot of times that they're considered to be psycho. And they just don't deal with it because of the pink. They worried worried about what others think. And that's what I think was my issue for a very long time. And when I got the help, I needed to help. I can't help nobody else if I'm not helped. Say that again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's what I think. (laughs) Yeah, and to piggyback off that, I think that's that's pretty much one of the biggest reasons people are concerned of, like, if they find out I'm going to think I'm crazy, they're going to think the worst you know, possible thing. And I feel like it's just, I think that our community honestly ignorant to what therapy really, really is. We painted this picture in our heads and ran with in actuality. It's not (laughs) what we thought it was. And I feel like our, this newer age, we're kind of waking up to that because I'm crazy this is because I'm trying to help myself evolve I'm trying to help myself do better I'm trying to make sure that I pass down my trauma to my children and so on and so forth so I I feel like honestly the biggest reason why um, therapy is not in our community when we were growing up is because you know we were ignorant to what it really was 
we definitely thought it was just like a you go inside of a, a, a building and it's white walls and you just sit down and and you got somebody across from you just writing <laughs> but it's like it's not always like that you know therapy is 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 amazing and I I love that as we're getting you know older the therapist that's coming out now they look like us right so now we have representation sitting directly across from us and she's like I understand I get it because or he you know he can also be a black man and we just understand each other so I I love the fact that a lot of you know like black people are going to school for psychology and coming out as doctors so that way we're not sitting across from someone who just they may just not get it um in areas you know a black woman she, she might understand and I also feel like please keep in mind that just because you're going to therapy not every therapist will align with who you are as a person yes that's very important just because that person is a therapist does not mean they can help you so if you had a bad experience with one therapist it is okay you know keep going until you find the one that works for you yes I agree also I want to you know I know I went already I'm sorry (laughs) I just want to say um I also feel like a lot of people in the community, as I, I, I'm with me doing the speaking, I go out to schools and I like to speak to middle school kids because what people fail to realize, middle matters. And I say that because that's why I got pregnant. And that's why I see a lot of girls make their mistakes that they in that 12 to teenage, they start at 12, that mid uh, preteen age, they start going through things in, in middle school. And as I came up with this little thing in my mind, middle matter. So I wanted to be able to talk to these girls. And they started gravitating to me. And they say, well, we can't go to our school counselor because she just be looking at us. And then she just want to go talk to our mama about what we just said. She ain't know what we're going through. People want to be able to speak to somebody that they can be relatable with. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, I'm in school for social work now. And, you know, who knows? God knows. If that's what he wants me to do, I'll go further. But I don't have to have a degree to 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 use my bought lessons to help someone else. But that's another reason why people don't want therapy or counseling. Yeah, I agree. Uh, having those safe spaces is so important where you can be vulnerable and, uh, you know, just really share how you are. Because I think with China and I, we do that a lot in our uh, friend group, they'd be like, you know, how is everybody? And we all give that general, oh, you know, I'm okay, I'm good. But on the back end of stuff, we may be going through 17 different things. Right. So we just not going to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I understand that. Yes. Yeah, that's something that I told myself that I'm working on this year, like really being honest with, if it's like my friends have the space, really being honest with what I'm going through, how I'm feeling, because me, I can become really reclusive when I'm going through something. Um, I don't want to talk. Phone is on do not disturb. Do not say anything to me. But I also know that that's not a, a healthy coping mechanism either, because, you know, those that love you, they do want to, you know, know and just show up for you. Right. So, yeah, having those safe spaces uh, where you can just be vulnerable, it is very important. Yeah, that's true. And you're human. You know, people do that. Do that. I get to where I don't want to talk on the phone. And I only have two friends. So they know. Even my mom knows, like, yeah, you're dealing with it your way, ain't you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm having one of those weeks. But instead of talking to people, I'm giving it to my best friend, that notebook and paper, and then I talk to God. And I'll figure it out. But I just, I got to a point within my life that I, I don't want to feel like I'm being a burden to someone else. Because somebody might be trying to slay their own demons and they'll be like, ah, I hate I asked you what was wrong with you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, you know, even though I know you may love me, you know, let me deal with this by myself. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, one thing that I love that Chris started, she, you know, gave us her truth. She would be like, do you guys have the capacity to receive what I have to give? 
And, you know, I feel beautiful because, you know, we definitely want to be there for our loved ones and our friends and our family, but we also all have our stuff going on too. So somebody that pretends like, Hey, I have, I want to share what's going on. Can you guys hold space for this? If not, you know, I'm not offended, you know, and I'll, you know, wait till you guys can, or I'll kind of figure it out on my own. It's, it's, I feel like it's a, it's a huge step up from just holding things in and, or just dumping your load in somebody's life. Yeah. So, I think that we can uh, possibly move over. Well, what you think, babe? Move over into our um, Since We're Being Honest segment? I have one question. One last question. Okay. It wasn't on the, the forum. But I want to know, since you're a mom, how do you show up... Um, for your kids when their mental health is struggling? And then also, how do you show up for yourself in the moments where your kids need you, but your mental health is struggling? It's funny that you asked that. This past three weeks has been so challenging for me. And when I say that, um, me growing up in the country, and I know y'all can tell by just listening to me talk <laughs> from the country, <laughs> But me growing up in the country, like you said, that mental health thing never was something that came up. And you better not dare to talk about it. But um, my daughter and my son, my 19-year-old and my 12-year-old have went through things where they needed me to be that parent that I never had. So in the midst of me knowing that I needed to give them something I never had, in the middle of me healing, that was one of the biggest things I have ever had to deal with. Because again, how can you help somebody else when you need help yourself? I did everything within my power um, to help my 19-year-old my before he graduated high school. I literally went to school with him and sat beside him in a desk to talk to him and hold his hand so him take to take last few tests that he was going to give up on and he wasn't going to be able to walk. So I sat beside him because I wanted him to know that I was there. And even if I didn't know how to be there for him, I was going to literally show up for him. I did that for him. And I also gave him the time to, to be a kid. I kind of damaged my son a little bit by keeping him from away from people. I never let him stay the night over other people's house. I never let him visited others without me. And he didn't get to do that till he turned 17. So a lot of people feel like I, I, I kind of did more harm than help because I was trying to be both parents, especially after a divorce. And um, it was kind of tough on him. So now I had to turn him loose. I had to bought him a car and I was so nervous. I was thinking about his every move where he was at, three, life 360. I was on it every five minutes. Like Now I got to prepare myself for him to be a child, like a, a young adult, because I thought I was protecting him from something that happened to me. And all along, I was projecting my fears on him and scaring him even more. So when I did let him go, he didn't know how to do it. So just this year, I have just this year, and I'm, I'm being an accountable woman. This has been my best year of being a parent to that child, and he's 19. This is my first year knowing that I have been a great mom to him. I've been a good mom, but I've been a great mom to him this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, and with my daughter and her being different, she's 12. Um. She go to a performing arts school. So she began to be around different class and different people from different backgrounds and walks of life. And she gravitated more to two girls that that I, you know, was wasn't like her. And I didn't want her to feel like I was trying to choose our friends for her, but I wanted her to know their beliefs was different from her beliefs and our beliefs and that God came first and that anything that did that that wasn't about God, that wasn't right as far as belief go in our house. So my child started to deal with a lot of things from peers 
and their depression and things they go with their parents um about self-love how should she dress and comparing herself to other girls and dealing with sexuality and what she like and all of that and she's not a fast kid she don't listen to suckable music she like music with just instruments she don't like do anything but draw so I had to find out like oh my god what am I gonna do to reach this this child I don't know what to do to reach her um I love fashion I love all the things that I like she was was, was really rebelling against it like I can't buy her nothing I can't take her out and try and have a dinner date with her it nothing was working so I, I decided that it was time for me to talk to the school counselor so she would know if she saw anything, what was going on, and if she could, you know, identify things that I can identify with. And I feel like, oh, my God, I can go to these schools and speak to everybody else's kid, and I'm not reaching my own kid. What am I doing wrong? And the, at that moment, she reassured me, like, everybody not going to be your assignment, even if it is your child. And you're not always going to be able to give them just what they need as long as you're doing everything you can as their parent. You're doing what you you doing what you can to provide her the help. You're going out all over to do whatever and find whatever it is that you feel that she needs. So I went to getting her different counselors. I went to her have sent a, a seven-day retreat for help. I did all of those things because I didn't want her to fall into a deep, deep state of depression. And it has really, really, really have been helping my child. I have never, ever in my life had anybody to do that type of thing for me. And I felt like just this week I was telling my sister, I said, people forget that how hard it is for a single parent because nowadays you got to go work eight, nine or 12 hours to make sure that you cover all the bills or that you can get everything that they need for school, clothes, food. And then on top of that, you have to be the one who do the discipline, the one who does the cuddling and the praying and the holding and the kissing. You have to be able to do all of those things in one. And it's so difficult now. And you definitely, you definitely have to be together mentally if you're going to even be able to approach it halfway. Because there's there's no way you can be a perfect parent in a single home. There's no such there's no such thing. You just can give it your best. Right. I I I love that she did all that for your daughter. And to be honest, there's no way to be a perfect parent in a two parent household either. You can only do your best. It's a learning experience. Each child each child is different. Each child is going to go through different things. And you know, I'm starting to realize just hearing other. Um, experiences as a child like even two kids growing up in the same household don't have the same experience they don't get the same version of that um, because you have to mold and fit the, the child that you're currently raising or the child that you're currently interacting with so right. you are going above and beyond for your daughter to you know make her feel comfortable and you know just reassure her for the things and I love that. So thank you for answering my last question. You're welcome. I'm sorry I took so long. I just had to get out. <laughs> it's nice to have somebody else talk besides me talking China's ears off. So this is good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so well spoken. So if you trust me, this is good. Yeah, this is great. Uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, ma'am. No problem. So I think now we can go ahead and uh, go over to our, um, we'll transition over to our Since We're Being Honest uh, segment of the show. Uh, so this is the, well, this is a segment where we just be brutally honest about anything. Uh, so would one of you ladies like to go first or can I go first? I would like to go first, but I just thought it would be nice <laughs> to ask y'all if y'all wanted to go. <laughs> I'm fine if you go first, Chris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... Y'all know how um, back in December, we recorded an episode just seeing how we were going to show up for ourselves in 2023. And one of the things on my list was fitness. Now, I've been jumping back and forth, not really taking it serious. But for the past two and a half weeks, baby has been working out. I've been eating clean. And I feel really good about it. 
Uh, I feel like this time, for some reason, I just woke up and said, enough is enough. And I just I just know that it, like it, it's sticking with me this time. It doesn't feel like a chore. Uh, it feels more like a lifestyle change. So uh, I can, you know, people be like, oh, I lost 10 pounds. No, no, no. But I can I can see like the differences just in my body. Certain areas look a little bit more flatter. Uh, so I'm feeling really good about this. Um, I know that this is something that I'll be sticking to. So since we're being honest, I've been working out and eating clean and tracking my calories. And oh, I'm excited I, to see, you know, where my body goes. I love that for you. Thank you. Would you like to go next or I can go? You can go. Uh, okay. So since we're being honest, the scars. Um, I had my car in the shop and um, we've been a one car household I don't know how many years just because one of us or either both of us were working from home so we didn't really see the need to have cars we do and uh, it's going to cost me $4,000 to uh, fix my car and you know I'm just holding my breath I'm in the middle of what I call birthday season I have done three, four out of six birthdays that are immediately in my life. Yeah, I'm just, you know, walking through life with my eyes closed, stepping out on faith and, you know, knowing everything's going to be all right, manifesting that the money is going to just come and it's going to be there, that I'm going to get my car out the shop on Monday and going to, you know, go. Um, But yeah, so, and I'm, also being honest like moving to Georgia was one of uh, it was such a a weird experience when I made the decision because I didn't feel any type of um like anxiety about the move like you know what I mean I just felt so sure of it without like really fully I knew I was leaving behind I'm cool village but I have created a village in Georgia in you know two years time it'll be two years in July and I've already created such a village stepped in to help us out in our time of need and I'm so grateful for that and um yeah since we're being honest just grateful stepping out on faith that the sky is going to stop falling next week (laughs) (laughs) I love that I'm happy that you know I'm happy that you guys have a village when you move to a new state Creating that village is very important, and oftentimes you don't even really truly create it. It just finds you, and that's how you know you're supposed to be in the place. So I'm happy for you, babe. Thank and you. And everything's gonna work itself out. Thank you, thank you. It is your turn, Sharita. Okay, okay. Um, since we're being honest. I am ready to move to another state and get outside of Alabama and flourish financially and meet like-minded people and just create that circle of love. And I want to manifest all all of the things that I need in my life, financially, physically, and emotionally. And I wish that for everyone on the live. And listening. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing to, yeah, to, um, to, to just know and understand that you're ready for a change and, and be willing to, you know, accept the change when it happens. That's a beautiful thing. I, I know that this, where, wherever you find yourself, you and your family, I know that this is going to be a beautiful journey. Um, I've moved to, I'm in my third state outside of my home state. And every single time, I'm always reminded just of how blessed I am, um, that I made the right decision. And, you know, Chicago is always home, but I just know that I made the right decision each time that I move. So that's how me and China met each other. Oh, cool. I'm moving to California. Yep. Moved to California. So uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It definitely has its, um, it, its ups. So. Wishing you well on that journey. I'm excited. Yes. Like, I'm moving Definitely. with you. <laughs> I'm excited. I don't know how I'm going to do it, when I'm going to do it. I'm just excited already. I just have to 
put my mind there. Yes, ma'am. All right. Um, so now we can for our next segment. Um, what are you gonna do this week to bloom? This part of this the show is where we just talk about what we're gonna do for ourselves in the upcoming week to make sure that we're taking care of So, uh, you know I do. (laughs) Uh, So, for me, (laughs) I am going to uh, continue staying active and moving my body. I realized that my mood has been um, better, even for Mother's Day. I wasn't even sad and boohoo crying in the corner like I normally am. Um, I was in really good spirits. And I know that, again, you've me staying active and um, choosing healthier food options plays a big role in that. So um, to bloom, what I'll be doing is staying active and, uh, you know, sticking with my meal plans. Nice. Yes. Um, for me, I'm going to, the weather is finally clearing up. It's not going to be so rainy here. So I'm going to go back to my walks. Um even though this is for me, I definitely take my babies with me, the two that are at home with me, um, because um, it's so crazy because, like, taking walks as a kid and, like, a young adult, I always, like, associate a walk with, like, oh, that, you know what I mean? <laughs> they just walk in to get from point A to point B, but not actually walking intentionally to have a purpose for health and that's what I want to kind of instill in my children like better habits than what were instilled in me so uh, my babies are going on daily walks next week so that's what I'm going to do that's a beautiful thing and just really quickly I think that's a California thing uh, <laughs> when you see no, no I'm serious I'm not even trying to be funny but my other friend who's from you know she's from LA and uh Whenever we would see people walking, that that would kind of be like her first response. Like, they must ain't got no car. I'm like, what? We walked everywhere just for the fun of it. So I definitely think that's a California thing. But I'm happy for you, babe. And I know that the the kids will enjoy, um, you know, just getting out and moving those little bitty legs. I'm happy. So, Miss Charita, what will you be doing in the um, upcoming week to bloom? Um, the thing that I will be doing to bloom in the upcoming week um will be um applying myself to looking for um jobs and then looking for places to live in different states. And I'm just gonna pray on whichever one God shows me that I just need to move forward with or I'm just gonna go with it. But I've been saying it for the past nine months that I was going to go ahead and apply myself because I've been made my mind that I was going to leave. The kids are about to get out of school for the summer. So I feel like next week is the week that I need to start looking. Yeah, that's wonderful. Are you looking for like uh, remote positions, like working from home? Yes. Uh, Babe, what's the name of, um, what's the name of the website? The good one. Uh, Well found. I can, uh, DM it to you, but it's okay. well found. It's basically a, like a website where you can find remote jobs, um, startup companies, which, in my experience, have the better benefits than like older companies. Okay. Yes, ma'am. I will send that to you. Okay. Good website. So, before we go, uh, where can the listeners find you? Like, do you have? I know that you mentioned that you're coming out with a part two to your book. But, um, you know, like, do you have any upcoming projects or, you know, uh, maybe you wanted to share your um, your social media handles? Um, yeah. Um, you can find me on IG and Facebook. On IG, it is I am author Sharita. Um, I have different stuff I'll be getting myself into that I like, <laughs> like um, fashion. Um I landed a contract with Atlanta Fashion Week, so I don't know with the months to come what I I will be doing for sure, but I will be doing some things in Atlanta dealing with fashion. Um, 
Also, um, I plan on having a few book signings. I wanted to go to Texas and I wanted to do one in Atlanta just to step outside of my zone and just meet new people. Yes. That'd be right. great. Let yes. me know. Yeah. For you. Yes. I'm excited about that too. Because I don't want to play it small this year, like going into the new year or in, 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 to the end of this year. I don't want to play it small anymore. Like, it's a big deal. <laughs> yes, ma'am. It's it even is. bigger blessings. Yes, yes. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> yes. Uh, where can they find us, babe? Um, they can find us at Black Girls in Bloom Pod on the gram. Yep. Uh, we release episodes every Sunday. Uh, yeah, y'all, we're doing something new every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, you can listen to China and I, and in some cases, we're gonna have special guests like we did tonight. Miss Sharita, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us talking to our listeners uh, you know, we really do appreciate it this is really refreshing of um, course yeah. thank you for having me you're of course welcome yeah so uh, be sure guys to check on your mental health it matters um yeah it's really important and uh did you did either of you have like anything that you wanted to leave the listeners with any like gems or anything um, I have one gym. If you are looking for a black therapist that looks like you, you can go on um, the black girl, therapy for black um, and find a therapist that takes your insurance provider. Also, I want to say if you guys, the listeners, and you guys as well, are looking for women like me. Um, of color and experience to come out and speak and just you know be their authentic authentic self and speak to women about the things or guys and girls and boys about the things that I have in my book um self-doubt self-love depression anxiety all those things etc etc I'm the one to do it so just get at me um and you can reach me um, via DM or my link is on my IG page for bookings as well. Oh, awesome. Thank awesome. you so much. Yeah. Plugging yourself. I love that. And you said your book is on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Yes, ma'am. It okay. is. I will also DM you a copy of the cover so you know exactly what it looks like. Okay, awesome. thank you so much. We can um also drop it in the well, never mind. They don't need to know all of that. But yep, I got you. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you guys. I hope that you um, you know, have an amazing week whenever you're listening to this uh weird black girls in bloom podcast. I'm your host, uh Chris and China. Guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.